0: Welcome to episode 312 of Live Happy Now. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and since we also just celebrated Mother's Day, it's a great time to look at where those two things intersect. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and today I'm talking with Dr. Jill Bolt-Taylor about mom rage. This condition has become a popular topic as mothers deal with the added stress of parenting during a pandemic. Dr. Jill, author of Whole Brain Living, is here to talk about the four characters we all have that help manage our emotional reactions. Then, she'll teach us how becoming acquainted with them can help control how we feel. Jill, welcome to Live Happy Now.
1: Thank you, Paula. It is, I'm so excited to be with you.
0: Well, we could not have picked a better time to talk because not only is today the day that your book launches, but it's also right after Mother's Day and it's Mental Health Awareness Month. So first of all, do you think it's a coincidence that Mental Health Awareness and Mother's Day fall in the same month? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, you, you know, there you go. Who, who? I wonder who put that together. They, they were very clever. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, I was thinking about
0: that this morning is, uh, you know, I was reviewing some of the materials for the show and I was thinking like, well,
1: what a coincidence that is, if it's a coincidence <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, it's a time when we really need to love the one who runs our lives because, oh my gosh, running a (laughs) life is an enormous task.
0: Yeah. And the more lives you have to run, the bigger the task. So
1: Exactly. And it's messy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, our hallmark version of Mother's Day is all like, oh, you know, mom did this for you. And it's like, we have all the cards and flowers and hearts. And and that's not our day-to-day living most of the time
1: for many no. of us. Yeah. And you know, everyone needs to be appreciated. So it is nice that moms get a day, but it's also nice that mental health gets a month. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we need it. Cause you have, <laughs> you're talking about mom rage and yes, first of all, this is a phrase I didn't realize it had been around until I spoke with your people and ah. Then I did start doing some diving into mom rage. And boy, this is a real thing. So for those who don't know what mom rage is, can you explain to us what it is?
1: Mom rage is each of us is wired to alarm, alarm, alert, alert when we don't feel safe. And we all have this threshold that fluctuates between when we actually, things that we can manage With our rational part of our brain, and when we just feel like we are in overload. And moms, especially over the last pandemic, have been managing home, managing kids at home, managing kids at school, managing family, managing their own careers, managing everything. And moms have been on overload. And so moms have been reaching this threshold of, I don't feel safe faster and not feeling safe in their own skin and raging. So it's really a part of our brain. We are wired for every ability that we have. We have because we have cells that are performing that function. And even the moms who are, are usually really, really cool. We all have a threshold level. So unfortunately, mom rage has been a real thing in the last uh, several months.
0: You know, one of the things that you talk about, you know, you talk about our need for sleep, movement, nutrition, good social connections, and not drinking too much. (laughs) And we all know that. But, you know, I think a lot of moms, well, not just moms, but moms in particular are lacking in this area right now because of the pandemic going into this, like, how do you then not indulge in bad habits? And how do you make sure that you're getting the sleep and the nutrition and the exercise that you need to offset some of this mom rage?
1: I think that it's really important that we understand what our choices are. You know, if I think that the only choice that I have to calm down in the evening is to have a glass of wine or a bottle of wine, <laughs> and, and unfortunately, statistics are showing that 14% of women, adult women, are would describe themselves as doing heavy drinking during the pandemic. That's a lot of heavy drinking. Wow. And something like... 41% of all adults are saying yes they have really significantly increased their consumption of alcohol. So so I think it's about knowing what are our choices. And when it comes to that then you know I always say look at your brain and look at the different parts of your brain and say well how do I entertain different parts of my brain in different ways that can then keep me healthy.
0: And the one thing that I hear from moms is that, well, I don't have the time. I, I don't have the time to get eight hours of sleep. I don't have the time to go exercise. I don't have the time to reach out to my friends or family. And I see women who are, as you have noted, are very overloaded. So when they feel that they don't have those options, how do you reframe it to make sure you can prioritize it?
1: Well, I think that it's not just a matter of I don't have time to do things that are healthy for me. I think the the real issue is how do I maintain my health during my busyness? And even though I'm busy, when we are busy and we feel overloaded. We stimulate our fight flight response, and we we then start feeling like there's not enough time in the day. I feel uncomfortable. I i, I there's this that the other na 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 da 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 da. It just never stops. So I think bringing our attention to the fact that what we are feeling the anxiety, the fear, all that discomfort that's running our stress circuitry. And we do have the ability to stop and pause for a moment, just even a moment and say, you know, I am feeling anxiety. I am feeling discomfort inside of my body. What can I do in this moment to calm my system down so that I'm not just running on my automatic circuitry? And that doesn't take any time at all, So I think it's not so much how do we squeeze in mental health, but how do we become more mentally healthy during what would normally rank up as a stressful situation?
0: That's so insightful because to your point, it doesn't take a lot of time, but it does take shifting your brain to go to that thought process.
1: Exactly. I used to teach at medical schools and I would tell my young doctors, you know, you need to pause at the door and rearrange your frame of mind before you walk into the room. And they would say, Dr. Jill, we don't have time to be compassionate. And I would say it takes no more time to be compassionate in this moment than to be in your stress circuitry, got to run, got to go. It's just your frame of mind. And that takes an instant to make a shift inside of yourself into a different part of yourself so that you're bringing a different part of yourself into the external world.
0: And is, do you have any kind of tips or tricks that you would teach them to make that shift to remind them? Because eventually it will become more natural to take exactly. that pause but how do you how do you teach yourself to do that
1: well i think the first thing is to recognize well what are my choices and if i look at my brain and i realize that my brain has two emotional systems One is in the left hemisphere and it is part of our stress circuitry and it looks at the past and it has a future. So I feel anxiety about the future. I feel fear or pain or guilt or shame or resentment about the past. That's one part of who I am. And then my left thinking brain is making the to-do list of all the things I've got to do. I'm behind. There's always a sense of urgency. It's just go, 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 go. million things. Nobody's cooperating with me. I don't feel appreciated, et cetera, et cetera. But the right hemisphere is half of our brain. And the right hemisphere is right here, right now, machine. It's in the present moment. And our stress is about the past and about the future in that left hemisphere. But the right hemisphere is really good and peaceful in the present moment. So let's say mom is getting ready to leave, leave the house. OK, well, we all know what that's like, right? <laughs> so, so mom's taking care of a million details, right? She's picking up the bags for all the kids. She's got everything. She's keeping track of a million things in her left brain. She's on the go, go, go. She doesn't have a moment to breathe or to to do anything, you know, calm and pause. And all of a sudden, one of her children, they're all trying to scoot out the door and a child is laying on the floor, wiggling (laughs) around like a worm. Right. And so the left brain says, oh, my gosh, one more thing. How am I going to get this child to understand? I need them to go stress, 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 stress. When you always have the moment to pause Bring your mind to the present moment. Take a breath and realize, you know, life is a mess. Life is not a perfect, clean piece of perfection that my left brain would like it to be. And, you know, my kid is flopping around on the floor and is really kind of adorable when she does that. And so I'm just going to sit here for a moment, scratch my head and look at my child and flop around on the floor <laughs> and let my anxiety lower. We have to recognize that we're running this circuit of of alarm alarm, there's not enough time, I'm in a hurry, dah, 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 nothing's right and just say, you know, actually that circuitry inside of my brain that is saying that, bring my awareness to the present moment and realize Reality is reality, and the better I become at accepting what is real, then I don't have to try to make it something that it's not. That's
0: fantastic. And it, it, Jill, it sounds like you might've been through that scenario before. <laughs>
1: <life>. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, kids are kids. Kids <laughs> are kids and they're not on a sense of urgency. They're functioning in the present moment overall, especially the little ones. They're present. They're right here, right now. They're, they're doing what feels right in the present moment. And that is generally not on mom's agenda.
0: <laughs> well, you know, one of the great things about your book is it made me realize I know nothing about my brain. Ah, This is kind of like an owner's manual for your brain. There's so much it insight and it's, it really is incredible. And what we really wanted to talk to you about today is, you know, you take such a different approach to managing some of the emotional reactivity that we're experiencing. And yes. you do that with the four characters. So can you explain to us what the four characters are?
1: Yes. So the whole title of the book is Whole Brain Living. And, you know, we've been trained that, you know, we only use 10 percent of our brain. And that's just simply not true. And neurons are living social creatures, kind of like humans. So if it's alive and it's inside of your head, you're using it. We just may not know exactly what it's doing in there but we are using our whole brain. And the other myth that we've been trained to believe is that the right brain is our emotional brain while our left brain is our rational thinking brain. And the reality is that we have a emotional limbic system that is evenly divided in the two hemispheres. So we have left emotion and right emotion. And then at the same time, we have left thinking tissue, and we have right thinking tissue. And each of these groups of cells, these are modules of cells that result in very specific skill sets. And each of them actually has and feels like a character inside of our body. So the four characters are going to be our left thinking character, I call that character one, and that is our rational brain that manages the external world. So this is our part of our brain that has a a language and thinks in language. And part of language is my ability to say I am an individual. So if I am an individual, then I'm going to organize all incoming information about the world around me as the center of it. It all, there's also a group of cells that defines the boundaries of where I begin and where I end so that I have a holographic image of my body inside of my brain. And that's how I know that my face is my face, but that these glasses that I wear on my face are not of me, they are in addition to me. So that left thinking brain, it organizes and categorizes and it puts on a schedule and it plans details and it's got the to-do list and it gets me to my, my work on time. It gets me and my kids to the doctors on time. And we all know that part of ourselves. So that's what I call character one. I encourage people to embody and embrace that part of ourselves give that character a name. I call mine Helen. It's short for hell on wheels. She gets it done. So (laughs) it's an identity inside of myself. And she's also part of my, my stress circuitry because she is the perfectionist inside of me. It's important (laughs) that you pick a name that is unique to you and profound so that you will, when you need that character, you can jump into that
0: character. Yeah. And let me ask you, why is it relevant? Why is it important to name those
1: characters instead of just saying
0: these are characteristics?
1: It's kind of like differentiation and refinement always helps us understand. I mean, any learning is learning. I mean, just think about the body. We understand better how the body works because we know what the liver does and we picture where it is and we have a stomach and we have these differentiated parts of our body. When we differentiate the different characters inside of our brain, then it's like, oh yeah, I know that part of me very well. I call her Helen, I can call on her in an instant. Yeah, I can yeah. embody Helen. She holds my body a certain way. She you, she has a special tone in her voice. Certain people like her. Certain people don't get along with her so well. But I know who she is. And that way, then this is freedom. If I w- of these four characters, if I have the power to choose moment by moment, which of those four characters I'm embodying, then in an instant, I can become the character I want to be. And so if I'm running my high circuits of stress in an instant, I can jump into the characters of my right brain and I can relax, find more peace, become more playful and lower my stress circuit and accept what is reality in an instant.
0: What a terrific tool. Yeah.
1: I like it a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the next character. Okay. So the left The character one uh, is Helen. She's my Helen anyway, left thinking. The left emotion, the left brain is again, um, it's a machine that goes back in time. And this is the character, little character two brings information in about the present moment and then immediately compares it to our past. And is there anything in our past that perceives what I'm experiencing right now as a threat? And if it does perceive anything that I'm experiencing as a threat, I move into alarm, alarm, alert, alert, I don't feel safe, I'm going to push away, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to do what I need to do for self-preservation. So that part of our brain is all of the emotions that have anything to do with our past. So if we hold resentment today, we're holding resentment about something that happened in the past. If we feel guilty, it's about something that happened in the past. Our shame is about something in the past. So all of our memory and experiences of past pain, our traumas, our addictions, our cravings, all of that is connected in that little character 2 and and it's real and it has a threshold of stimulation before we run on automatic reactivity that is probably the trickiest one we have isn't it because when we get triggered into our character 2 pain then that's when we get loud that's when we rage that's when we're not happy and if we're not happy we don't want anybody to be happy and you very well better be cooperating with me because I'm unhappy. Is that
0: where we get the phrase? If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So then our third character.
1: So character three is in the right brain and the right brain is this magnificent Instrument that is designed to bring information in from the external world and process it in the present moment. So the emotional system of the present moment. Is right here, right now. And Paula, right here, right now really is if we allow ourselves to step out of the judgment and organization of the left hemisphere where we're not happy uh, because reality isn't matching what we, our preconceived notion of what we want it to be. Well, if we're just perceiving the experience of the present moment, then. It's pretty cool right now. We're interested, we're curious, we're creative because we don't have any of that negative judgment from the left brain and we're we're having an experience. The right emotional system character three is very experiential and it's paying attention to what what's the what's the humidity in the air what's the lighting coming in sometimes when that sunshine dapples through the woods it's just awe inspiring and I just feel with this contentment about the the experience of the present moment and at the same time it likes to have fun in the present moment, and it is an adrenaline junkie. So it's high risk-taking, it likes experiential, and it's very communal, it's collective whole. It's part of a tribe. It doesn't delineate me, the individual that the left brain does. Instead, it looks at we, the collective whole of humanity, and we care and we're open and we're empathic. So that's character three, the present moment emotion.
0: Yeah. Because in looking in the book, you know, you give the characteristics of each of these characters and character three, the one you've just explained, it's like, oh, I want to hang out with her. Exactly. She's like, the one I want to be. And, and that's, it's so interesting when you look at the, the way you've done so well is, is really documented the characteristics of each one. And you do, you're immediately drawn to this and be like, oh, that's where I want to be. That's who I want to be. That's who I want to be with.
1: Well, let me say, Paula, that that's you, because some people's left brain, character one, is so strong that they see character three as a complete waste of time. (laughs) That might be my mother. (laughs) But this is where it gets really interesting because we all at an anatomical level have all four of these characters. And if inside of my brain, I'm just always being my character one and I'm not valuing my character three, what does that say about the stress circuitry I'm running inside of my brain and how hard I'm being not just on those outside of me, but inside of my own body?
0: Oh, that's such a great point.
1: Yeah. So recognizing that these four characters are in each of us and the ultimate goal is whole brain living where inside of myself, you know, it's funny. A lot of couples say, oh yeah, you know, I'm right brain. My husband's left brain together. We make a whole brain. And it's like, (laughs) that's not the way it's, you know, that helps, (laughs) but that's not the ultimate goal for the evolution of humanity. I don't think.
0: (laughs) Probably not.
1: Character four, the final member of the team. The final member of the team is the part of us that this is thinking tissue in the present moment. And this is the part of us that completely exists in the reality of what is. And there's a sense of gratitude at the core of our character four that we are simply alive at all. It is completely in awe of the magic of this organic mass that I call myself. And oh my gosh, I can see with eyes. I can hear with ears. I can speak. I have language. We, I have this body made up of some 50 trillion beautiful molecular geniuses that allow me to have life. And this is the part of us that when we pray, we connect to our, our higher being, our higher consciousness, our God, our Allah, whatever we call when we transcend, just the consciousness of me, the individual. So the right hemisphere thinking has no ego. It's connected to all that is. It is energy. It is as big as the universe because it doesn't have the boundaries of where we begin and where we end. And this is the place where we find true peace. And in this consciousness, this is where we love absolutely everything unconditionally because we are so filled with gratitude that we exist at all. That's really
0: beautiful. And for us to function without mom rage, for us to be really balanced,
1: how do we get these four characters working together? So I call this a brain huddle. And, And first of all, we need to acknowledge that we have all four, each of these four characters is in us somewhere. And if I'm always being a character one or a character two and I'm unhappy or I'm in my character one and I'm a perfectionist and I'm running my to-do list, where's my playful spirit? When do I play? Who in my environment likes to play with me? Who likes to take a walk in nature? Identifying each of these four characters inside myself and then deciding that I want the power to choose moment by moment which of those four characters. Characters I'm embodying. And it just takes an instant. And so, really, that's the beauty of the book whole brain living. It's the anatomy of choice and the four characters that drive our life, and learning each of these, how to be, how to identify these inside of me, and then we go through what I call a brain huddle. So in every moment, I can have all four characters online, and I can say to myself, and I call it brain, B-R-A-I-N, of course I do, and so that's (laughs) the key, so B is breath, bring breath into your body. And as soon as you do that, I take my left hand because that's connected to my right brain. And usually I'm trying to get into the piece of my right brain. So I use my left hand and I just start at my forehead and I, take, I think about my breath. I breathe in and I go down to my chest and I feel the exhale and I feel inhalation. So I take a few breaths and bring my mind to the present moment. R is then to recognize which of the four characters am I currently in? Am I upset? Am I angry? Am I feeling hostile? Am I running on my automatic? hostility am i moving into my mom rage okay that's where i am i recognize that i am being my number 2 or i recognize i'm being my number 1 in this moment i'm on my to do list i'm feeling pretty good i'm getting a lot done i feel like i'm crossing things off the list i feel like everything is all right but i'm busy Or am I out in nature taking a beautiful walk and listening to the birds and connecting to my God and feeling open and expansive? Or am I really in my body and doing something athletic or fun or making a mess or exploring or being curious? Which am I doing? Recognize which I am. B R A is to appreciate the fact that I have all four of these and I appreciate whichever one I'm currently being. A, I, inquire, which one do I wanna do next? which what is the next next best choice for me to make in which one i should bring into the present moment for the next experience and then n stands for navigate navigate the reality of change and that i have all four of these and that i do have the power moment by moment to choose which one i want to bring forward in this next moment and as we
0: move into learning this and we start using it, does it take long to implement? It? I mean, how, how long does this brain huddle last?
1: Well, the brain huddle, my brain huddles last about a minute. Oh, cool. If that, if that, because, you know, I do it so often. I mean, I'll do it 20 or 30 times a day just to keep it practiced. And I keep it practiced because a brain huddle is really easy when I'm in my one. It's really easy when I'm in my character three playful. It's really easy when I'm in nature and and feeling at one with all that is and feeling deep gratitude. And I want this tool practiced so that when my character two unhappy comes online, because it is so powerful, it is so overwhelming and it is so forceful in the world and profoundly impactful on the people external to me that I need to know that I can do a brain huddle when I'm in that character too. And just when I get to recognize that I'm in my two and a appreciate the fact that I have four characters, So they're there, even though I'm not feeling them, I'm not thinking them, I'm not being them, I'm just mattering hell right now. But I know that I have these other parts of myself that are there waiting for me to embody them in an instant, but I have to be willing to give up the deliciousness of my hostility and anger.
0: Obviously, this is going to change what we were talking about in the beginning. That's going to help with the mom rage.
1: Exactly. Going
0: on. And can you talk about how it can specifically change that situation for moms to well, be able to adopt this practice?
1: Absolutely. The first thing is first of all to be willing to observe myself when I start feeling that I want to scream. And we know what that feels like inside of our body. When I feel that, my chest gets tight, my shoulders go up, I clamp my jaw, I just feel like I want to explode. So think, consider that an emotion, these are emotions, and this character too is emotion. And from the moment you think a thought, let's say I can't get anybody to do anything I need and I need your cooperation. All right, that's a really common one, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that thought, I can't get any help. So I start cranking up my emotional circuit of anger and I feel my whole body start cranking up. I know what it feels like in my chest, in my jaw, in my head, in my shoulders, everywhere. And then I run a physiological response in relationship to what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And so that happens. So let's say it's rage. And I think a thought, I can't get any help. Nobody's helping me. And I crank up my anger circuitry and I dump noradrenaline into my bloodstream. It floods through me. It flushes out of me. And I want to rage during that 90 seconds, but it only takes less than 90 seconds for that whole cycle to run. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I got to be calm. I got to be calm. I got to be calm. It's like, no, it's like from the moment I think the thought till my blood is completely clear of that thought and that emotional, physiological response takes less than 90 seconds. So if I can keep my cool for 90 seconds, walk away. Walk away, walk away. It's the count to 10. It's the think about something else. It's take yourself away from the situation. Observe yourself instead of engaging in the physiological why want to rage moment and you'll realize that I do have much more power if I observe it instead of simply lashing out and letting it out of me. We have this magnificent collection of cells in our brain, and we tend to run on automatic when it comes to rage, but we do have the ability to watch ourselves, watch what's going on physiologically, observe that rageful cycle instead of experiencing it, and then it's like, oh, we've become more sensitized to what it actually feels like. And I know that I'm going to blow. And then I learn, okay, well, what steps can I take in order to cut that, to shift out of that circuitry into one of my other characters. And that's the power we have as human beings, but we have to practice it.
0: So incredible. You know, Jill, boy, we could talk for a couple hours and and we'd still have questions for you. Whole brain living is incredible read such wonderful new insight on, like I said, it's an owner's manual for your brain. Thank you for coming on. And as you're leaving us, can you tell us what is the one thing that you want all the moms and the dads too can keep this in mind and even non-moms. Um, yes. What do you want us to keep in mind as we're, we're saying goodbye today?
1: We are this absolutely magnificent collection of cells and so are our children. And we have thoughts and we have emotions and we have behaviors and whatever those are, life is messy. And there's always the choice to look at the next moment with a sense of, you know, you drive me insane, but I am so grateful that you exist and that I exist and that we're capable of living. And we have so much more power over what's going on inside of our heads than we've ever been taught. And in this moment, I can choose to love you.
0: Beautifully said. Thank you again, Jill. It was a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Thank you.
0: That was Dr. Jill Bolt-Taylor, author of Whole Brain Living, The Anatomy of Choice and the Four Characters that Drive Our Life. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Jill, order her book, follow her on social media, or enter a drawing to win a free copy of her book, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. You probably already know that we're pretty big on gratitude here at Live Happy Now, and this week we want to thank you for listening. Thanks to you, we've now surpassed 4 million downloads, and we'd like to show our appreciation by giving you a special offer for the Live Happy Store. Visit us at store.livehappy.com and use the code CELEBRATE40 receive 40% off any purchase in the store. And again, thanks so much for choosing to share your time with us. That is all we have time for today. We will meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.